you ready to dip in? Welcome to the Divine Intervention Podcast. I'm Freya. And I'm Holly. And we're here to guide you to spirituality, taboo topics, and everything in between. We'll dip our toes into some topics and dive deeper into others. Nothing is off the table. This is a safe space for you, our listeners, to learn, grow, be inspired, and open your heart and mind. Get ready. Let's take the plunge together. Welcome back to episode three of the Define Intervention podcast. Yay, welcome everyone. I can't believe we're at episode three already. It goes so fast. Another week has gone by and we're so excited to talk to you today about a little introduction to astrology. First off, we're gonna, as per usual, talk a little bit about the card of the week as well as the astrology events of this week. So I will start off with the card for this week, which is the Ace of Stars. And in this deck, stars are actually representing pentacles. Mm -hmm. So like we spoke about last week, pentacles is everything earthy, materialistic. It's finances, property, money, achievements. Mm -hmm. And aces are the start or or like fresh energy new beginnings Mm. this means that you might get offered something a new opportunity in relation to a job or a home or just anything else can pop up for you this week so keep an eye out for that aces have very pure energy and are always a really good time to start something new so look around and see what is being offered to me this week Is it a new opportunity? Is it a new place to live? Is it maybe a renovation in your house? can be anything. Just keep an eye out for anything new. I feel like the card pool of the week always resonates and connects so much to the astrology forecast. It's actually wild. (laughs) You know, it's meant to be. It's It's all divine timing and universe. Yeah, so it's super interesting because... Basically, Mercury retrograde has ended. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So everything to do with information, technology, communication and travel, everything is back on our side now. So that is nice. I'm glad to hear. Yeah. (laughs) Something that is happening in a couple of days time is Jupiter is actually entering Taurus. And so Jupiter is the planet of opportunity. It's the Mm. planet of luck of blessings. Jupiter is basically the great benefic. He is like Santa. He mm. brings good things. Sometimes it, sometimes he brings a little bit too much of a good thing and that can represent overindulgence. But yeah. basically he just brings, yeah, opportunity, blessings, opportunity to expand your horizons, expand your knowledge. And the fact that Jupiter has entered Taurus, Taurus is the material world. Wow. It just ties in all together. And I think we're all so relieved to hear this. Like, after Mercury retrograde, we have been laying low. We have been careful. Mm-hmm. Now it's time to grab those new opportunities and to have that fresh breeze of air again. Exactly. We have blessings on our side to do with the material world. So anything to do with yeah, financial security, the creature comforts of life, anything that is tangible that we can hold on to. We've got, we've got good luck on our side, basically. Wonderful. So this week is very exciting because we're talking about astrology. 
Holly is an astrologer by trade. She operates under the name The Lost Aquarian and she provides astrology readings to people out there. And today we're going to get a little insight into the world of astrology. And I guess the right place to start would be what is astrology actually? Thank you, Friar. So astrology is very intricate. It's very involved and it's very ancient, actually. It mm. dates right back through to ancient Egypt, effectively, or pre-ancient Egypt. And then as the world evolved, the ancient Greeks, the ancient Romans, they started to make correlations between the stars and planets and the personalities of the people around them. And they would effectively allocate the planets with names of the gods because they then believed that the particular planet or star was the physical manifestation of that god looking down on them. Wow, that's so interesting. I never heard of the link between the gods and astrology and the planets. And I think it's super interesting too because often I was wondering why are Aries fiery? But that directly translates then to the people that they studied or observed at the time, right? Yeah, effectively. So Aries is the god of war, mm -hmm. um, as is Mars. And so that's why Mars and Aries are linked, both ancient Greek and ancient Roman gods of war. So they mm. effectively signify conflict, they signify war, they signify aggression and action. Wow, so interesting. And how did you get into being an actual astrologer? So I have loved astrology for most of my life. I was a little kid that ran to the newspaper, got mm -hmm. the TV guide out, looked up the horoscopes for that week and read them out to my family. I've just always loved it. And as I grew up, I actively still took an interest looking at what was happening for me in the sky, um, looking into my personality. But it wasn't until only a few years ago that I really thought, I really want to start working in the field that I am passionate about. And it yes. was when I was questioning my life path, questioning where I was headed. I really just thought, gosh, I wish I could study astrology. Mm -hmm. I just wish I could be an astrologer. And I just started, started to be like, why can't I? Exactly. Why can't you? Yeah. And so then I looked into where to start. And I studied with a school in Sydney and I studied with a school in America as well. And so that um, gave me all of the knowledge. And along the way, I found out that someone who has certain planets in Aquarius is a natural born astrologer. And yeah. I found out that I had those planets, um, hence my name, the lost Aquarian. I have a lot of planets in Aquarius and I, it was basically just an indicator that, yep, you're on the right path. It's something that you were born to do effectively. Meant to do this for sure. All right. So I feel like some people might not know even what their zodiac sign is. Can you explain to us what it is, what it says, and where we can find it? Yeah, definitely. So if you don't know anything about your astrology, the first thing you need to know is the date that you were born. You can literally just type that into Google. You don't even need the year. And it will produce which constellation the sun is in at that, um, at that date of birth. And that will give you your sun sign, which is also known as, in general lingo, your star sign or your zodiac sign. It's yes. the main sign that you will resonate with. Yes, and what does the sun sign say about us or about that specific person? Mm, so the sun represents our main identity, effectively. It represents our outer world. It represents our core, who we are at our core, and it represents our ego. 
So what is a birth chart? Because I this is a term I hear being flown around every time I'm around an astrologer. What is that? So a birth chart is a snapshot of where all of the planets and constellations were at the time, exact time of your birth. So you can find these details out by, um, you need to find out what time you were born and the place that you were born. And obviously the date, you can plug that into an astrology generator and it will produce a birth chart. It will look quite confusing. You will need an astrologer to interpret it. Um, but basically from there, an astrologer can pick out all of these different traits, all of these interesting things to do with your personality. And do you have to know the exact time you were born or can it just be the hour or somewhere in the afternoon? <laughs> so the more exact the time, the more precise the reading will be because the we have something in the birth chart called the rising sign or the ascendant. And that is which sign was rising over the eastern horizon at the time of your birth. And this changes every two hours. Wow. So this, And we don't know exactly when the time shift happens. Yeah. So you might, be, you might say to me, I was born at 8 o'clock in the morning. And so I might look that up and you might be a Taurus rising. But if you were born 15 minutes later, you will be a Gemini rising because the sign changed. So the more exact time, the better. Um, if you're kind of unsure and you have a, a range, the astrologer can help you figure out which one you are based off of your personality. Definitely. Wow, that's so interesting. And I kind of want to dive a little bit deeper on that. So we just spoke about the zodiac sign and what it represents. What other signs or sorry, planets, I should say, are there and what do they say? So the first, the first thing that we find out in astrology is your big three. This is your sun, your moon, and your rising. The rising is also known as the ascendant. So we just spoke about the sun representing your outer world and who you are at your core, your main identity, main personality. The moon represents your inner world. It represents your emotional realm. It represents your unconscious. And then your rising sign signifies the face that you show to the world. It signifies first impressions. So when you first meet someone, you actually meet their rising sign because mm. it's the first impression. And then as you get speaking to them, you get to see their sun sign. But the moon sign, you, will, you won't see that moon sign of someone unless you get really close to them because mm. it's the emotional realm. And we don't usually show our emotions to people that we don't know. No, definitely. I think it's so interesting that there is such an elaborate world behind your sun sign or your zodiac sign. And I feel like when you did my reading... I really found out so much more about myself mm. by all those different planets and different signs that you are. Because that is really a total picture of who you are. You're not just your sun sign. There's so much more. So we just touched on the sun, the moon and the rising. Are there any other planets that you would like to touch on or that yeah. are interesting to look at? Yeah, definitely. So the sun really is only the tip of the iceberg. And... If you find that you don't quite resonate with your sun, definitely try and find out what your rising sign is because you we naturally embody our rising sign. And so that is where I found some peace because whilst I am very Aquarian, there were some things that weren't quite landing for me. And when I found out that I'm actually a Taurus rising, it made so much sense. Yes. I was like, oh, this is why this, or this is why this. So beyond the big three, um, we can look at planets like Mercury, Venus, Mars, then Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto is the last one. So they all represent something different. Mm. 
Wow. So if we start at Mercury, Mercury represents the mind. It represents our communication style, how we process information, how we relay information. Yeah. And basically how we communicate with others and how our mind works. So if you have Mercury in a in an air sign, which is your Aquarius, your Gemini or your Libra, then you're going to be a fast thinker. You're going to be a fast talker. You're going to love to chat and communicate and you're going to process information very quickly. As opposed to say you had your Mercury in an earth sign or a water sign, which is slower energy. It means that you're maybe not as much of a talker. Maybe you really like to think about what you want to say. You don't speak as much and you um, process things a little bit more slowly. Wow. A bit more thoroughly. I would say that air signs are very like quick to jump to things, whereas earth signs are more thorough. Yeah. So it really tells a lot about you, but also about other people. So Mm -hmm. how can you apply all this knowledge that you have in your relationships? It's... It's so useful to know your partner or your friend or your mother or your father. It's very useful to know some of their astrological chart and and how they are made up because it can help you with communication. It can help you understand one another. So take the planet Venus, for example. Venus is the planet of love, beauty, romance and values. And so say you are romantically involved with someone, we like to look at the which sign both the Venus placements are in just to see if they're compatible. You know, someone might have a Venus in a very soft and dreamy sign like Pisces, which means they're very soft, very romantic, love to cuddle up and don't do well with someone who is potentially more blunt and more straightforward. So then if someone has their Venus, so their love planet in a sign like Capricorn, it is more direct. It is more straightforward. It is more results driven. It's less, less dreamy. And so there might be incompatibility there. Mm. Yeah, we also look at things like Mars, which Mars is your planet of action. And so it basically signifies if you're a go-getter, how you are, how you action, basically, how you approach projects, how you deal with conflict. So we look at compatibility in that regard, even in friendships. So say someone has their Mars in Aries which Aries is very comfortable. Um, Mars is very comfortable in the placement with Aries. So someone who has Mars in Aries would be very, very fiery, not afraid of conflict, not afraid of asserting themselves, not afraid to put themselves first. Mm -hmm. And if I use poor little Pisces again, because they're a good example, (laughs) if we have Mars in Pisces, then they are going to be more dreamy, slower, hates the conflict, doesn't want to upset everyone, sometimes struggles with setting boundaries, then these two people might not be that compatible because it's not going to be an even playing field. Yes, that's very interesting. I feel like that just took me straight back to my childhood. Do you remember those love meters and stuff that you can find online? Yeah. And I would be Googling, you know, I'm a Capricorn. Capricorn and Aquarius, is it compatible or not? And then you would always see like, no. Yeah. I'd be like, oh God. Um, Do you feel like, um, is it something you should be afraid of if, if the charts don't necessarily align? Oh, definitely not. Definitely not. Because, because the birth chart signifies basically as an adult, our personality is made up of our birth chart. And then the other half is your childhood conditioning and the experiences that you have been exposed to. And so 
just because a two charts side by side might not look that compatible, it always comes down to the experiences that those humans have been through and the way that they now approach the world. And that is why an astrology reading isn't going to be an astrologer just sitting there telling a person, this is what you are. We always say, does this resonate? How does this show up for you? Because we need to gather that information about that person's life experiences. So just because you may be here, oh my God, like Taurus and Scorpio are not compatible. We're doomed. That is not the case at all because there's always so much below the surface, so much more in depth with the chart to have a look at. And there's always ways to overcome challenges. Yes, I feel like that really resonates with, the thing we spoke about with tarot last week as well like mm. cards charts they can give you lots of information but it's up to you how you use it because it can be such a useful tool as well like it will give you what you need to overcome the challenges and to understand each other better yeah definitely and you can apply that to yourself as well so the way that astrology can be really useful is we are all learning how to be our sun sign. Our rising sign comes quite naturally to us, but we're learning this lifetime how to be our sun sign. We are learning to overcome our chart. So we may have been given lots of blessings in the chart. We may have been given lots of challenges, but the more that we commit to getting to know ourselves and then not taking life too seriously, learning to laugh at ourselves, learning to understand the dark and the light within us, because every sign has a light side and a dark side, you know, and it is our challenge this lifetime to embody the light side and learn to manage the dark side. Wow. So interesting. Mm. It just makes you want to go look at your chart straight away. So it's a big thing to resonate with your chart, of course. For me, for example, I'm a Capricorn and I often have things where I'm like, I'm such a Capricorn. But sometimes I come across people that do not really have that feeling. And there is this thing called being on the cusp, on the, I want to say, cutoff date of which time the sun moves into. Um, is there any truth to that? So... There's a little bit of truth to it. If you are on the cusp of a season, um, it basically means that you are born on a date that is right before the season ends, before the next season starts. So maybe if you were born on the cusp of Taurus season and Gemini season, Taurus and Gemini energy are very different. That is why it also depends where in the world you were born. Because yes. obviously we are here in Australia, but the US is behind us. So if you were born on the cusp here in Australia, you will be in the sign before. But if you were born on that date in America, you will then be the Gemini or you'll be mm. the one after. So it definitely does matter if you were around the cusp because each sign has 29 degrees from zero all the way through to 29 in the chart. If you were born from zero degrees, maybe up to 10, it means that you embody that sign less than if you are higher up the scale. So if you are a, I'll take you Friar, you're a Capricorn mm -hmm. sun. So if you are a say five degree Capricorn, which means you're born earlier in the season, it means you will um, not embody the Capricorn traits as much as someone that was born at maybe 28 degrees Capricorn. So like right at the end of the season. Yes. So there's so many factors. The other factor that might come into this if you don't quite think you resonate with your sign, as you said before, Friar, is if you were born during the day or if you were born during the night. Because if you were born during the day, your sun will rule you. If you were born at the night, you are more likely embody your moon sign. 
So there's so many elements, so many elements. It's all so interesting though. I've also heard sometimes the term house or houses being mentioned. What does that mean? So in the birth chart, we have all of the signs, then we have all of the planets, and then we have all of the houses. So the houses represent the area of your life that that energy might manifest in or show itself up in. So the first house signifies the self, the pure self, everything to do with you. And then it goes right up to the 12th house, which is everything to do with transcendence and the ethers. And so basically every sign Every planet and every house aligns. So if we want to take the first sign of the zodiac, which is Aries, Aries aligns with house number one, and then Aries relates to the planet Mars. And then you might take a planet that is further along the zodiac, like Aquarius. Aquarius is connected to the 11th house, which means they have similar themes as each other. And then um, Aquarius is connected to Uranus. So if I see in someone's chart, which house the sun sits in, it tells me that it's a major theme for their life okay. because a major, a major planet being the sun, a luminary is sitting in a particular house for this lifetime. Okay. So we might just pick a random house. So let's say the second house. So the second house represents values, security, finances. And so if I see that your son is sitting in the second house, it means that those themes are going to be quite prevalent for you in this lifetime. Could go either way. You might be very financially abundant. You might have strong values and be quite comfortable and secure this lifetime, or you might have challenges relating to this. It's just a theme for that lifetime. Very interesting. Yeah, as opposed to potentially, let's say, the 11th house, which is connected to the Aquarius. That is the humanitarian house. So it is about others, helping others and serving the world, doing something to help the collective. So it might mean that there's a theme for you this lifetime to help the collective. Mm, so interesting. Mm. So we have dived a little bit into personal birth charts and all the information you can pull from that. But there's obviously also a lot going on in the sky, in the universe at any given point in time. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, definitely. And that's a great question, Freya. So basically the planets keep moving. They keep orbiting minute after minute, day after day. And so your birth chart is just where those planets were at the time of your birth. But obviously they keep moving and they have an influence over us wherever they are. So there might be a transit happening in the sky that affects everyone, like Mercury retrograde mm -hmm. or the season of which sign the sun has transited into or a full moon depending on the sign. And this affects everyone. But there are also transits that maybe only affect you particularly. So the planet of the planet Mars, say, might be transiting a certain constellation. And that might not mean much to one person, but it might mean a lot to another person because they have their natal Mars in that spot. And that basically means that's where Mars was when they were born. So the main thing with transits, like a huge thing is called a return. And so a solar return or a sun return is your birthday because the sun has returned to the place in the sky that it was when you were born. And so the further out the planet, the longer it takes to orbit the sun and return to that space where it was when you were born. So one of the biggest returns that we may have all heard of is the Saturn return. Mm. 
I'm in it. (laughs) So Saturn takes 28 to 31 years to make a full orbit around the sun. So this means that between the ages of 28 and 31, it will return to the spot in the sky as it was when you were born. And so we then take what that planet represents and we know then that you're going to have a shakeup in some form in your life. So Saturn is Saturn is like the high school principal of the planets. So the planets are all our teachers, but Saturn is the high school principal. And when he returns to the point in the sky where he was when you were born, he asks you, what are you here to achieve? Are you on track? Um, what are your values? What are your morals? Have you learned valuable lessons this lifetime? And so during a Saturn return, which occurs between 28 and 31, you will have life-changing moments you will have shifts you will um, events will happen that will basically divert you onto the right path if if your life's heading in a direction that it's not meant for you Mm, very interesting and i can imagine saturn takes a quite a long time i believe to return but everyone has to deal with it at some point in their life for the people listening which years approximately are now going through the Saturn return or what age are you usually? Because it's a, I feel like it's a big theme for a lot of us is that sort of feeling of, whoa, hold on a minute, where am I heading? Yeah, definitely, definitely. So Saturn has entered Pisces this year. So if you have Pisces, uh, Saturn in Pisces in your birth chart, you're going to be affected with a Saturn return in the next two to three years. And so roughly... If you, the age that you are now, if you are around about 26, 27, you can expect that a Saturn return is coming your way. And if you, right right through to probably 29, 30, if you're older than 30 right now listening to this podcast, you've probably already passed through your Saturn return or it may have just happened. So the point at which Saturn, the degree at which Saturn is at your chart, that is called the peak of the Saturn return. But the energies are in the air a year before and at least a year after. Mm. So you're just basically entering. If you, right now, if you are 27 or 28, you are entering your Saturn return era for sure. There's no doubt mm. about it. And it lasts about two to three years. Yeah, basically the the completion usually happens around that 32nd birthday. Again, it depends what degree of um, Pisces your Saturn is in. All right, so if you're around that age buckle up yeah basically buckle up but also flow with it because saturn is redirecting you onto the path that you're meant to be on so just be open to these changes flow with these changes follow your intuition follow your curiosity um, and just yeah buckle up and see where it takes you so interesting to learn more about astrology and i can imagine people listening to this will be so keen to go online and find more information about themselves um before committing to a reading is there anything that people can do to already find out a little bit more of information about themselves yeah definitely definitely so you can put firstly find out your birth details do your best to find your most specific birth time place and date and you there are many generators on the internet to find this out so just google astrology generator and you'll find it and it will then produce the chart and a list of where all the planets were and then you at least know where your sun was where your moon was and your rising sign for your birth chart and then you can look up these things individually and 
You can follow some astrology social media pages. There is a wealth of information out there. Um, there are plenty of books out there. So basically finding out those things can really help you if you're if your son say your son is in Taurus, maybe your moon's in Scorpio, and maybe you have a cancer rising. If you only know those three things, you can find out a lot about yourself. If you need further help with interpretation, definitely see an astrologer. Yeah, definitely. With picking an astrologer to do your reading, is there anything we should look out for? Well, I guess it depends on what type of reading you're looking for. So if you don't know anything about astrology, then the first point of call is your basic birth chart reading. However, if you know a bit more about your astrology, you can ask for a more in-depth birth chart where we might look at other aspects or we might look at other outer planets and how they're really affecting you. Some other styles of readings are love, romance, relationships, directed readings, Saturn return readings and couples readings. So once you know what kind of reading you're looking for, then you need to find yourself an astrologer. And I recommend finding someone that you are comfortable with because you will get the most out of your reading if you are willing to open up and share because the astrologer is going to ask you questions about your life. The astrologer is going to ask you, how does that show up for you? Are you affected by that? Tell me what happened around the age of 28 to 30. Like, tell me basically what happened in your life during your Saturn return. And the more open you are, the better your reading is going to be. So I highly recommend choosing someone that you feel comfortable with. so much holly for sharing all your knowledge and wisdom about this topic with us it has been so so interesting you're so welcome um i hope to all our listeners i hope that you really enjoyed this if you have any questions relating to astrology please feel free to reach out you can reach us on our social media our instagram at the dip podcast dm us and ask us your questions and we'll answer them in the next episode definitely and now we're gonna enjoy that taurus sun for the week ahead and we're just gonna have a great abundant week Beautiful. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. We love you all. Love you all. See you next week. Bye. Bye.